Please pray with me. Everlasting God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations upon all of our hearts serve to glorify you, and may they be in keeping with the teachings of our Savior Jesus Christ, our shepherd, in whose name we pray. Amen. I used to get lost a lot when I was a kid. My mom never let me forget about the time that I got lost at the county fair when I was about four years old, having wandered off in the petting zoo to go look at some sheep before moving on to God alone knows where. Then there was the time that I accidentally began following a strange family at a museum, mistaking them for my own parents and brother. I recall that I was begging them incessantly to take me to Dunkin' Donuts, following them all the way out to the parking lot and then crawling into the back seat of their car before they all turned around and looked at me like I had lost my mind. But while I wandered off plenty of times as a boy, it was my older brother, Josh, who was more inclined to get lost as an adult. His dreadful sense of direction first became evident when he was in high school. One day he missed the bus and he had to walk home from school. It was only a couple miles away, but he disappeared for hours, eventually trudging through the door well after dark, claiming that he had gotten lost in his own hometown and wandered the streets aimlessly until at last, by chance, he had stumbled on his own house. I can recall another incident when we were much older, well into our 20s, when he tried to drive us both home from a Halloween party. It was only supposed to be a 20-minute drive, but we became embroiled in a three-hour tour of the backwoods of Connecticut, finally getting home around 4 o'clock in the morning. Where's Josh is a familiar refrain in my family, as he seldom manages to arrive on time for anything on account of his frequent detours. I shudder to think what would become of him if he lived in a larger state than Connecticut, if he wandered into the vast expanse of southern Illinois, I don't think he'd ever find his way out. I was reminded of my brother when I read a story in the news a while back about a man who decided to take this uh, woman uh, for a hike in the woods on their first date, and he got them both hopelessly lost, and they had to be airlifted out by the local sheriff's department. It just seemed like the sort of thing that would happen to him. Maybe I'll just stay here, he likes to joke whenever he gets lost. Put down roots, start over. He jests, but on a more existential level, I can relate. I mean, we all get lost sometimes. Some of us get lost for years. We get stuck in a job that doesn't fulfill us, or a house that doesn't feel like home, or a failing marriage, or a string of bad habits that become more and more entrenched as time wears on. When we don't know where we're going, or how to get back to where we came from, it can be tempting to give up and sit down right there in the wilderness wherever we find ourselves, 
resigned to calling this place, this new normal, home. Maybe I'll just stay here, we murmur to ourselves, put down roots. We get lost, and sometimes it feels like no one is going to come looking for us. Jesus famously spoke about the proverbial lost sheep, a wayward soul in need of redemption. It's likely that he drew his inspiration from the book of Ezekiel, specifically this passage in which God compares humanity to a flock of sheep and promises to seek out the ones who have gone astray. I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out, God proclaims. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. Now, it's worth noting that according to Ezekiel, not all sheep are judged equally. There are good sheep and there are bad sheep. I will judge sheep against sheep, God declares. Now, the good sheep are essentially minding their own business, grazing in the fields, doing whatever it is that sheep do to pass the time. But the bad sheep, well, they're pretty bad. They trample the drinking water with their muddy hooves, and they push the other sheep, and they headbutt them and ram into them with their shoulders. They're dirty, aggressive, and mean. And God promises to deal with them accordingly. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak, God says to Ezekiel. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. If we look at the historical context of Ezekiel, this strange metaphor becomes clear. As I said earlier, like many of his peers, Ezekiel was hauled off to Babylon to live under the watchful eye of his oppressors. You might say he was tossed into the proverbial sheep pen, where he had to suffer the indignities of the Babylonians, who are clearly the so-called fat and strong sheep in this story, who make life miserable for everyone else. There are good guys and there are bad guys. And it's easy to see which is which in this text. Read in a modern 21st century context, the text invites us to consider who the oppressed and the oppressors are in today's world. It calls us to help the marginalized and the poor and to demand justice from those who would exploit them. But... If we think that we are the shepherd in this metaphor, living above and beyond the troubles of the world, dispensing justice, deciding who is good and who is evil, then we are sorely mistaken. From our relatively privileged vantage point in a largely white, reasonably affluent community, we might sometimes imagine that we are above the fray. Especially in church, we are neither the oppressed nor the oppressor, but a benevolent shepherd that strives to serve those in need. 
But we are not the shepherd. We are the sheep. Christ is the shepherd, and while we do what we can, we do it from inside the environs of the sheep pen. So, where are we anyway in this cosmic petting zoo? Hmm? Are we good sheep? Bad sheep? Maybe a little bit of both, depending on the day of the week. Beneficiaries of system injust systemic injustice that also struggle to change those systems. Oblivious to the suffering of others sometimes, but also suffering ourselves. Maybe Ezekiel's dichotomy of good and bad sheep is a bit too simplistic to be realistic. I said that this scripture had probably influenced Jesus, but in his parable of the lost sheep, Jesus takes this text from Ezekiel and turns it on its head. You see, for Jesus, there are no inherently good or bad sheep, just misguided creatures who sometimes wander astray. And let's face it, we all get lost sometimes, and we all need a shepherd to bring us home. In his novel, A Wild Sheep Chase, author Haruki Murakami takes some poetic license with this notion of a lost sheep. The novel's protagonist is a recently divorced, moderately successful guy who owns a small advertising and copywriting business. And he'd be the first to tell you he's pretty mediocre in every regard. And given that we're never told his name, he makes for a pretty great archetypal everyman. Now beyond that, I have to warn you, this story is a little odd and difficult to explain. Being in the advertising business, he had created a newsletter for a client that included a photograph of some sheep grazing in a field. One of these, a sheep with a strange black star on its back, catches the eye of a prominent right-wing political figure who hires him to track down this sheep for personal reasons. And thus the titular wild sheep chase across the Japanese countryside begins. Literary critics have often compared Murakami's novels to hard-boiled detective fiction, though his characters are less Philip Marlowe and more just another guy. Nobody's special, except that they all tend to be a bit aimless and apathetic. They're nonetheless drawn into absurd mysteries and adventures, most of which end without any kind of conventional resolution. These characters are, in a word, lost. My sense of direction had evaporated by the fourth day, the narrator describes his meandering around the streets of Hokkaido. I bought a compass, but going around with a compass only made the city seem less and less real. The buildings began to look like backdrops in a photography studio, the people walking in the streets like cardboard cutouts. Here is a man who is struggling in the aftermath of a divorce from a wife that he never really understood. His career gives him no satisfaction. His friendships have dissolved as he's grown older. His best friend having left town years before and his business partner slowly descending into alcoholism and self-destruction. 
He doesn't really know what to do with himself or where he's going. He needs a compass more than he would care to admit. Does any of this sound familiar? The things that just don't quite add up in life? The troubles that aren't caused by systemic injustice so much as a kind of existential dread that is universal, common to all people. The sorrows that leave you feeling a bit unmoored. He never really finds the sheep, at least not in the way you'd expect, you know, grazing in a field somewhere. Turns out the sheep is actually some kind of malevolent entity who possesses people for their own, uh, for his own nefarious ends and then moves on, leaving them, in Murakami's words, sheepless, aimless, lost. But ultimately, in the final analysis, the sheep with the black star on its back is a MacGuffin, just something to drive the plot forward. What this story is really about is a man, a lost man, who is in search of himself. But can a lost sheep ever really find itself? Or does it need a shepherd to bring it home? In her paper on the use of labyrinths in surrealist literature, Zhuan Han writes, what one learns on the journey, however, does not lead to success in reaching the center or escaping the labyrinth. What the labyrinth maze discloses instead of the answer is its remarkable resemblance to the world, making one's own judgment at every turn despite never understanding, so to speak, the big picture. Experience in the labyrinth parallels life itself, yet nothing is ever sure while living inside the labyrinth. Perhaps the same could be said for living inside the sheep pen. I used to get lost a lot when I was a kid, and to be honest, I still do. People often compare preachers to shepherds guiding their flock, but we're really just one of you. Like Murakami's protagonists, I'm just another guy. Friends, we are not the shepherd. We are the lost sheep standing in need of prayer, in need of someone to show us the way. And that someone, I believe, is Christ. That compass is our faith, it's the church, not the building for which all of its beauty and memories is ultimately a means to an end. Not the building, but the people and the gospel that we encounter here, where we can return to week after week and year after year to be reminded who we are. Sheep, perhaps but beloved sheep, sought out by the good shepherd, time and again, no matter how far we wander astray. Amen.